Soil Talk podcast. I am your host, Tim Mundorf, Nutrient Management Lead with Central Valley Ag. In Soil Talk, we will dive into managing soil fertility and applied nutrients while pursuing top yield. So Aaron, we've got a guest with us today. Alex Hyden the ACS Region Manager for Regions 5 and 6 down here in this uh, York Seward area. Alex, welcome to Soil Talk. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Uh, looking forward to see how things uh, progress here during our conversation. So well, the reason we brought you on today is to talk about, you know, grid sampling and zone sampling and, you know, what's our response at CVA to these higher fertilizer prices? How do we help our growers kind of navigate the waters and make good decisions and make sure we're, you know, getting the most out of our nutrients if we're going to have to spend the, the, the higher dollars for them. Yeah. So right now, I mean, we really need to be focusing on collecting more information um, from that field. And so we've got, we've got five different intensive sampling programs that we offer today. And I'm going to argue and say that we've got a sampling program for every acre out there, whether it's, whether it's rented ground, uh, whether this is ground that you may only be farming for one more year, um, we've got something for it. Um, so talk about what some of those different programs are and what the what the differences are between them. Yeah, so I think what I'll do here is I'll kind of start at our simplest, and that's our advanced composites. Um, what we're going to do there is we're going to bring in some, some NDVI imagery and some LIDAR data, or LIDAR is kind of a fancy word for, for elevation. And, and we're going we're gonna to tightly take a look at that information, and we're going to build some zones. Now, these zones are going to be a little simpler. We're talking about a baby step into precision ag, right? And so, you know, you may only have three to four zones on, on a field, depending on the size, um, you know, and if you're, if you're, if you, if we make these zones and you're wanting more, we can move you up to the next level, which is going to be our, our standard zones. We're going to use the same information to create them. Um, but we're going to allow the program to pick out a little more of the micro variability there, um, which is going to lead us to that now into our, our, our next tier of zones, which is our advanced zones, um, our advanced zones, um, before we even think about making them, we're going to go out and collect a very valuable piece of, of data, and that's, that's EC, that's electrical conductivity. So essentially, we're going to go out there, we're going to drag a cart across the field, we're going to collect thousands of data points from that soil, and we're going to use that into the equation of building these zones. And um, when, we, when we make these zones, they're, they're a lot more complicated. Um, you, you get a really, really, really precise map out of the deal. Um, a, a lot better samples taken, and and that's kind of the Cadillac of our of our zone programs. So when we talk about these uh, advanced composites, the the zones and the advanced zones, we're really trying to take features and texture into account as we make our scheme for taking our samples. Is that kind of really what we're trying to do there? Yeah, it sure is. Mm-hmm. It's 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 all about that. And I want to ask you guys one question here. Right. When in your life have you ever gone wrong collecting more information? Right. You know, I go, I, I tell you what, I, I uh, you know, I always fight going to the doctor. Right. But it seems like, you know, when I give in and go, usually there's there was a reason why. I mean, point in case, you know, here just a few short years ago, um, you know, kind of had some lower pain in my, my abdomen and stuff like that. And I couldn't sleep. And guess what? I finally gave in, went to the doctor later that afternoon. My appendix, my appendix was being, you know, so, so, it, you know, sampling can kind of be the same thing for guys. It's, it's, 
you know, precision ag as a whole can be so it can be a scary jump, you know, oh, this is costing me more money. But, you know, once once we get them into it, it's hard for them to to, to jump back out of it. They understand the value right away. So, so, Aaron, you've been involved with data collection for quite a few years in different precision programs. What's your thoughts on bringing more information into helping make these fertilizer decisions? It, the more information you can bring in, the better. I mean, it's, you know, it's it's a. Uh, it's just bringing more puzzle pieces into the equation and seeing how everything fits that, you know, the more info you can stack on top of each other, the clearer things become, you know, especially if you're trying to delineate zones or, or make prescriptions, things like that. Uh, just data is never your enemy. You know, the, the more information you can bring in, you know, now the, the challenge of it is that the more information you have sometimes can be a little bit overwhelming. If somebody's just looking at it, you know, maybe they've got all these individual maps printed out and they just have their, kitchen table or our desk just absolutely littered with them. I think that's where somebody like Alex comes into play is that, you know, Alex and our other ACS managers understand how all this goes together and can really tease out, you know, details and information and create these zones with just tremendous precision that uh, it really just brings some, some fantastic value to you as a grower. If this is something you're interested in. And and to kind of tail off that a little bit, you know, and sometimes the information we collect, it's not all butterflies and rainbows, you know, sometimes what we get back, we may not like, but the important thing to hone in on here is the fact that we are still going to be able to make a more educated decision based off of that information we got coming in, despite how good or how bad it may be. When I think about grid or zone samples, and one argument I'll bring to a grower is most guys now have a yield monitor in that mm-hmm. combine. Yeah. So you see the variation in yield as you go across the field. And I'm not saying that that variation is all due to changes in soil fertility, but I will say that that variation is showing you that you're taking different amounts of nutrients off in different areas of field. And, we're coming off of a year where a lot of guys have, you know, grown the best crop they've ever grown. And you're going to take off more nutrients when you're pulling off 250 plus bushel corn and 70 plus bushel beans. And if you weren't making those adjustments in the past for your fertility program to match your yields, you need to in the future. Yeah. And to kind of spin things back around, I mean, you're exactly right. I'm really glad you brought that up. You know, to spin things back around, you know, we've, we've kind of covered a little bit of our zone programs right now, you know, but, but these zone programs, we are on an annual contract with these. So we are pulling samples every single year so we can try to catch this. Mm-hmm. We plan for 250 this year. Some guys, they raised 300. We know we didn't put enough out there for 300. Um, you know, we're going to come back. We're going to pull some samples. We're going to get that into the year scorecard to see how we're, how we're moving things fertility wise. And we're going to be able to make adjustments uh, and audibles moving into this uh, 2022 season. Yeah, that's a good point. You know, you and I've talked about before, Alex, that sometimes with grid samplings, we'll catch a tough year and it just kind of throws things off. And then you're wondering if those are right or not. And you've got to wait four years to find out. One nice thing about the zone program is instead of sampling as often, you know, a sample every two and a half acres, we might be more like 10 acres per sample, but we do come back and sample every year. So it kind of works out. So we've got a couple of different, you know, scenarios working here you know we've got the grid sample option we've got the zones option and you know depending on who you talk to you know some guys are so diehards about it you might get into a fist fight on on which way is better you know here's cva we've got both options so let's let's talk about a couple of scenarios here um you know let's take that grower that um you know he's 
he's uh you know just just a standard grower he doesn't have any precision technologies or anything like that he's not set up for variable rating he's got a piece of ground that he's just a year-to-year lease you know doesn't know if he's going to have it next year what what's the option that he could he should be looking at as well as what what other services can cva kind of provide to him beyond just the sampling to be able to to still play in this kind of precision egg space yeah so i'm I'm glad you asked that question, you know, so, so the grower isn't set up to do this, right? But here, here's the thing. We at CVA, we've got all the equipment to take care of them. So we can still come in and do any sampling types that we've got sitting here in front of us, right? And we can still apply the, the, the data and use it to their benefit by, you know, maybe we need to apply it for them, you know? What I always disliked about the old traditional uh just composite sample. You know, we go out and we take, uh, most guys are going to take maybe two samples across a field or three samples. You know, the university will say, well, you know, don't let a sample represent more than 40 acres. So you go out there and you take, you know, maybe 10 cores and you mix them together and you do that three different times in different areas of the field. And you say, okay, well, over here, I got five part per million phosphorus. And over here, I got 15 part per million phosphorus. And over here, I got 30 part per million phosphorus. So now then you say, well, what the heck do I do with that? You know, do I just, okay, go with the average, the average between 5, 15, and 30 is maybe 17. So I say, it's okay, it's 17, I fertilize accordingly. Well, we know that's not true. We just saw that over here it's five, over there it's 15, and over there it's 30. We're not really sure where any of those dividing lines are. Whereas if we get a more intense scheme, so we take a lot more samples, or we use some of the topography of that field or soil type of that field to help us decide, okay, can we vary application based off these numbers? Then we can do something with it. That's where I run into a problem. You just take some composite samples and you get these three numbers back. They don't agree. I mean, if, if all three numbers say 15, well, great. That's a pretty good recommendation. You say, well, you know, a, a recommendation based off 15 part per million phosphorus is going to be appropriate. But most of the time they don't agree. And then we got to figure out what the heck to do with it. Yep. Well, yeah, we see a lot of guys out there that, that draw that imaginary straight line down exactly. the middle of a quarter. <clears throat> And we all know that straight lines typically don't happen right. in nature. Mother nature doesn't do that. You know, so it's that, that struggle's real there. Yeah. Yeah. Generally, the straight line is something we did with equipment. Mm-hmm. So we talked about zones when you go to grids. I mean, at, most people are familiar with grids. I mean, some guys will do five-acre grids. We hear about 10-acre grids. To me, those aren't really grids. CVA, we pretty well settled in on two and a half acre grids, but besides the standard grids, we've also got smart grids. So what's the difference between a standard grid and smart? Yeah. So, you know, our standard grid, typically we're going and pulling a sample every two and a half acre. And as you take a look at the grid pattern, we just, we just discuss there's, there's no straight lines in nature. Right. And, and as you take a look at this grid pattern, that's exactly what we're doing is we're creating straight lines with our grid. The same grid we've been using for 26, 27 years now. It's proven. It's worked. But guess what? We're bringing more to the table. We're, we're marrying the best of both worlds together by bringing in our advanced zones and laying a grid over top. And, and what we're finding is that these grid points are going to probably intersect some of our zones. Um, a good 25 to 30 percent of the time. So, you know, we sit here and we take a look at that map and we're like, this is not right. We don't want to mix our peanut butter and our mayonnaise together. So what we do is we wiggle these points into homogenous zones and, and, and then sample accordingly. And we're finding we're finding more variability. We're finding more confidence in the recommendations we're shooting out. Um, this this could be a really big thing for us moving forward. 
fifth thing I see is smart grids and that hybrid of the grid and zone. You know, the grid to me makes sense for pH, deciding whether or not I need to lime, phosphorus, potassium, you know, the, the traditional verberate fertilizer application. But zones to me make a lot more sense for anything where we're going to bring in yield variation. Yes. Especially like a verberate nitrogen or verberate seeding, because in higher, more productive areas where we traditionally see better yields, that lends itself to higher population of corn and maybe lower population of soybeans. And especially in that corn year, a corresponding nitrogen application. Absolutely. Yep. With, with, with the, with, with the marrying of these two together, it opens up so many doors for free for the growers out there. So Aaron, we've got growers that have equipment that allow them to bring in a lot of data in your experience are most growers making good use of that data or is it pretty much just making a pretty map getting looked at and then uh truly not being used um in a a lot of decision making so you know that's the beauty today is that we've got we've got the equipment to capture so much information and the technologies but i think all of us sitting around the table right now we all know at least one grower that has a yield monitor in his combine that doesn't even turn it on. Uh, and, and how many, and to even piggyback on that, how many growers do we know that they're collecting the information, but you know, look at it 10 years ago, you could see binder after binder of the yield maps printed off, or they're just sitting on their computer to be you know, never used again. So the information is there, you know, especially when we look at, you know, obviously yield data is a is is critical to be able to do any of this type of work. But also just as we you know, new technologies coming around. You know, Alex talked about NDVI, which is a which is a certain type of imagery that we we can collect. Um, you know, we leverage the the elevation, we leverage ele- electrical conductivity information. You know, just all this different types of information that we can pull in. And again, it just just can help us build clear pictures. Again, the more information you put in, the more diverse it is, the the better map and prescriptions we can build off of that. You know, and as we take a look at, you know, collecting soil data, not a lot of not a lot of people give give this information enough credit for what we can truly use it for beyond the precision world. Mm-hmm. Right. I can take this information and I can adjust my herbicide or X for you. Say our pH is out of whack. You know, we may have to move from a sure start to, you know, product B or something. Sure. Like that. Absolutely. Or, you know, this information helps me, you know, predict the predict the, you know, the success rate of, of what hybrids I'm going to put out there, you know, so this is very, very, very powerful information. And, and, it, and when we put it in your hands, it's up to you guys, your FSA, your agronomist and how you use it, but just, you can think outside the box and, and use this for more than just fertility. Well, I think, yeah, to, to piggyback on that, you know, when, as an agronomist, this is all information that I want to have at my fingertips, you know, because if there's something happening in a field where you know, we can't quite explain why we're seeing something that we're, you know, we, we thought it would be something different. Having that type of information at my fingertips is critical that I can go in and look and see, okay, here's, here's the soil information that we have here. Here's the nutrient information that that's just, again, you know, we can use it for building prescriptions and re- recommendations like this, but we can also just use it for agronomic insight to help explain why we're seeing certain things in the field that maybe are catching us off guard. Yeah, I know when I was, you know, when I first entered, entered this industry, I entered as a field scout and that was very valuable 
valuable you know pieces of information that I learned doing that. One of the first layers that I would reference was the grid sample layer when I came across a problem out there as I was learning that field. And um, that really helps paint the picture of, you know, the variability in this field, you know, as I was out walking it and being able to correlate it back to this stuff. Variability is a key term here because we all know that anything dealing with soil sampling, um, variability is tremendous. And just another reason why, if we can pull in additional information that we do with the smart grids, um, you know, and layering it on top of each other, that is just giving us a a recommendation or prescription that we can just have that much more confidence in, you know, compared to, you know, anything else, just you know, going from just a simple composite all the way to a smart grid, um, just the, the about the ability for us to have so much more confidence in that prescription is just unfathomable if you're really thinking about it. Yeah. You know, just a, a random thought here, Tim, you worked at a lab, you know, as we take a look at some of the, the general composites that, that would, that, that we pull, think of the size of that soil sample bag going to the bag and what it represents. I mean, this, this bag is what, Maybe a pound. A pound of, yeah, yeah. a pound of dirt yep. to represent an 80-acre field. Yep, exactly. You know, right now with the high fertilizer prices we have out there, to me, it makes more sense than ever to do precision sampling for a multitude of reasons. I, number one, the, one of the first things I always look at on that soil test is soil pH. Because if, if I get my pH right, all of my other inputs just work better. Mother Nature's working a little bit better. She's releasing nutrients at, at, a, at a high degree that maybe wouldn't because biological activity really suffers in a low pH acidic environment. If I can get that right, and, and for the most part, lime's about the same price mm-hmm. it has been for the last 10 years. So that's not an issue. Phosphorus is the next big spend we got out there. Well, if I can take advantage of those places like where there were old livestock facilities or manure used to get applied and I've got phosphorus values, you know, up around 50 or 100 part per million, I can save the nutrients I would have to apply there and go apply them where I've got some of these lower fertility uh, environments. And a lot of the time that lower fertility environment sometimes is a high yield area because we've been doing these broadcast straight rates. And over the year, those high yield areas keep pulling off a little bit more and a little bit more nutrients. And eventually they get run down. And that's probably some of the biggest bang for the buck is putting more nutrients in those high yield areas. And the grid sample helps me figure that out. And the smart grid helps me figure it out even better. Yeah. It, I mean, no doubt this is a challenging year because, you know, when you look at fertilizer prices, you know, your knee jerk reaction is going to be, I'm going to cut my rates. But then you look at in hindsight of, you know, the type of year we had yield wise and, you know, how many, how many growers do we come across where they said, I've been farming for 30 plus years and this is the best corn I've ever raised. So is, is that the right approach to it? Probably not. So how do we combat that? It's, it's being more efficient with the fertilizer you're putting on instead of just blanket applications. You know, and that's the thing with grids and smart grids is that this is not a single year investment. You know, you're not getting ROI on doing grid sampling for just that one year. You know, they have, there is a longevity, there's a multi-year ROI from doing something like that. So you're not just, you know, making that investment on soil sampling and you're only going to get that for, you know, that's only going to benefit you in 2022. You're going to see multiple years of benefit from that. So, you know, it's, it's an investment. It's like everything else, you know, you, you make the investment, you invest the money into the fertilizer. You know, we talk about P and K, that's 
it's a multi-year investment kind of a thing. Um, you know, sampling prescriptions, things like that is just, I view it as a multi-year investment and not just a, I'm only going to get one year of value out of it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and you know, you kind of talked about the markets just a little bit earlier, Tim, you know, th- that this is a real thing. I mean, as far as just like supplies and, and, you know, just with the price increases and stuff like that. And I mean, one thing we can do to work together on this is to make sure that we're putting the product where it needs to go. And this is going to help this supply issue spread out over more acres, make sure that we're treating more acres the way they should be treated. Yeah. You know, when it comes down to it, it's a systems approach. It's a fertility program, not just a fertilizer sale. And that's the big thing right there is if once you get in this, and you're, you're doing regular sampling and you're doing vertebrate application and you're making sure, you know, your yields are kind of matching up for what you're really seeing. So we get the appropriate levels of crop removal out there. You get yourself in a really good place where sudden swings one way or the other, either in yield or in fertilizer prices really don't affect you that much. You're in a good place. You don't need to spend a whole bunch because you drug it down and, and you've got a nice, good program to build solid yields off with all your other inputs, not just fertilizer. So just a personal question for each one. Say you're both farming, right? You take a look at the portfolio of sampling that we've got in front of us here. What are you picking? What are you going with on your farm? I've always liked grids, so I would start with grids, but after seeing the yield maps and how much variation there is out there, I'd bring the smart grids in so I can get the best of both worlds. I'd do my pick. Yeah, I mean, so... I hate to give you the political answer, but it's going to depend a little bit, right? You know, if I'm if I'm renting that ground, I don't have that long-term availability of it, you know, then obviously a zone-based program makes more sense. Yeah. You know, and, and, and quite honestly, that's because not only because of the kind of the structure of it, but also it's a little bit cheaper for me to be able to still still leverage in my field without having that long-term commitment. Now, again, if it's if it's family ground, we own it. You know, I'm going. I'm going with the grids and the smart grid option because, again, that's going to give me the most information. And to me, it's it's about building that plan out. You know, a little bit about Tim talking about you know being able to kind of kind of have a little bit better foundation under you in case of years like this. But also, you know, it's for me, it's about the strategy. You know, it's the it's the it's the building your or your your nutrient pools. It's the you know you you're you're kind of ready for whatever mother nature throws you. So, you know, you're building for, you've got that year where we've got a year like this, where, you know, instead of talking 220 bushel corn, we're talking 250, 260 bushel because of what I've been doing the past few years with my nutrient management program with, with the grid sampling as the foundation of that, my fields are prepared for that. Yep. Uh, you know, I'm not trying to chase yield by going and putting another, you know, however many pounds of map or something out there to try to catch that yield. I'm already there for it. So to me, it's a little bit of a, with something like this, especially on, on that ground I own, I can be a little bit more strategic. I can be looking a little bit more forward and be better preparing myself for kind of those good years if they come around. Yeah, that's a great answer. And, I, and I'm right there with you. And, and the reason why I ask that question is because, you know, we don't just have to pick one thing and run with it. We really need to dissect what your fields need and what are your needs. And we pick and choose and we, we build a program that fits every acre for you. You know, so I'd be right there with you. Man. I think you, you've hit the nail on the head with it right there is that, you know, for somebody that especially doesn't have a lot of experience in this space, and maybe they do, this can be really, really um, scary. You know, it can be really intimidating. And that's where 
CVA where our ACS managers can really help is that we can help, you can help that grower understand, here's the options for you. Here's how we can make this easier for you and, and still kind of game plan, leverage these precision technologies, even though you're not very comfortable with them, we've got the support here to be able to help you achieve those goals, even if you don't quite know what that path might look like for you. Yep. Yep. Very good. Well, guys, I think we pretty well covered it. Um, Alex, I really appreciate you joining us here today and uh, we'll be back again on Soil Talk. Thank you.